Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome to the Grapple Talk flagship. I am Nikki Duchet, joined by Jesse Von Raspberry here. So, this so why early are we doing like our nicknames this morning? Why would, did we almost like hold hands there for a second? Well, I think like, it's because we've been discussing things for the past forty-five minutes, and now I'm in character. You're in character now. Yeah, listen here, you pompous ass. Wait, 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 wait. So it's taking you this long to get in character? Yeah. That's so you're like, you just don't, shows. you don't roll out of bed and all of a sudden like you roll into your character? Nah, man, I got to work my way up to that uh, 11 that everybody always talks about. So, so how you, so how you do that? So how you do that? Uh, I meditate. You meditate? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I sometimes I do drugs. <laughs> what? Yeah, it helps a little bit. What, like NyQuil? Yeah, NyQuil. Huh. And so how do aspirin. I like, I, I always wondered, so if like your, your wrestling character is you turned up to 11, what about a guy like Earthquake? You remember him? Like, Earthquake, you know, like late 80s, early 90s, WWF? Turned up to like 200. Yeah, like, so it, was he just always like, you know, fucking like sitting on people? <laughs> you know? He just like, sat on more people. He just sat on more people as the day went on? Yeah, you know? <laughs> Maybe. Like, I, don't know I don't know. I don't exactly know how that works. Like, no. he's just like jumping around. He's like, ah! Like, <laughs> you know, like, really? Like, Boogeyman? Like, you know, he's turned up to 11. So, like, so, so he ate a moderate amount of worms prior to. Being like, boogeyman, like a, like a lot of those worms, like a decent. Did he just eat a lot of sour gummy worms? And then we turns himself up to eleven. He eats real worms. Like how does that work? What is that? Well, what if like him turned up to eleven is just adding the yellow dots? Then he's a fucked up guy, <laughs> dude. He's the boogeyman. Of course he's, he's fucked boogeyman. up. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's kind of you know what I always think is weird about that. Oh, what's that? It's weird how you know in my time he seemed like a very like. He he did, didn't seem like anything. Like right, he had a very mm-hmm. short run. It felt like he yeah. was never. He never really did anything big mm-hmm. as far as like inside the wrestling ring. But it seems like whenever WWE does these like reunion shows, like Raw twenty five or whatever the thousandth ep- episode or whatever, he's always there. Like he always gets brought back. Like he was some like ginormous. I'll tell you why. Recognizable. Character. Uh, I'll tell you why. It's not because he's a recognizable character. It's because like. Uh, God damn it, that boogeyman eats worms. That is exactly why. Ha ha ha, that's funny. Time. That is exactly yeah, why he Because Vince loves him. Because Vince loves yeah. him. And uh, we hope that you love us. Thank you for joining us here on the flagship on Monday morning. Kind of acting like this is like a, a radio show. Wouldn't that be cool to have a radio show, like a live radio show? Unedited. I, you know, I think we actually would get kicked off the air at some yeah. point in time. I don't, I don't, nothing against lacrosse. I don't think lacrosse is actually ready for that. Yeah. It's like when... um. Oh, the morning show here. The local morning show actually changed hosts. Everyone was complaining about it because it was a different type so of format. So different. So it was like different. A 180. Night and day, yeah. as they would say. Yeah. It's an okay show. I can listen to it sometimes. It's not um, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, uh, nice little weekend of wrestling that we just got done with. Uh-huh. You know, really quick recapping the shows that we were at. RCCW, River City Championship Wrestling, had a uh, their broken bones and broken hearts, or maybe I flipped that on accident. I don't remember. I don't pay attention to the shows, even though I'm on commentary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do commentary, actually. Okay. I had to do the second half. And uh, it was interesting because um, they brought in the... Um, Again, I, I apologize. I don't think he listens anyways. All Things Wrestling, I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice guy. And uh, I decided to go Chris Jericho on him, and mm-hmm. I called him every name besides Isaac throughout the entire night. I called him <laughs> Timmy. I called him Jonathan. I called him Julian. I called him Rick. 
I called him, you know, I call I called him everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it got to a point where I accidentally made myself corpse because I it was getting so so, so ridiculous. Like I called him like Jenny on the block, you know, and it was it was <laughs> okay. so it got yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. that I started laughing in the middle of commentary. I just couldn't I couldn't contain myself. Um, so but yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the what the show was actually pretty good for RCCW. They drew, I believe it was like 130, 140, something in that area. That's a which pretty is, decent number. Which is nice because we'd always talked about this when RCCW first started back up, you know, formerly known as 7RW, and we were like, oh, it'd always be kind of cool to have a promotion around this area that's able to consistently draw triple digits. And RCCW mm-hmm. is kind of proving to do that because they are starting to more or less have that devoted fan base, right? So it's like they have probably maybe a hundred people that will for sure be there every single show because they want to see how these characters develop. You know, there was a, a moment, which I, and this is why I kind of like. Is it because they want to see the characters development or is it because there's beer? It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was this moment where Aesop Mitchell and, and Maru have this have this long-going feud now. Mm-hmm. Pretty and, good uh, stuff, too. Yeah, and Aesop Mitchell sat in the crowd the entire time. He was wearing a lucha mask. He had a hood up. <laughs> and he did the thing, and <laughs> this is great. He did. He basically, like, became a local lacrosse theater student. And yeah. he was talking to people around him, and he was talking about how he was in theater, and he always loved uh, Mexican-style wrestling, so he wanted to wear the mask to the show. And he started progressively getting more and more drunk while drinking water, but he was acting as if he was drunk. So the time came where um, Maru was in a Fatal 4 championship okay. match. Okay, yeah. And uh, Aesop got up, and he's like, hey, guys, check this out. And he walked up to the ring, and everybody thought he was a legit drunk lacrosse theater student that was trying to get some uh, but then apparently but then he like you know he hit maru with a couple of things and people were like oh my god that's nikki duchet which is awesome because then they, they, thought, they, they thought, thought the storyline was, was you? carrying yeah they thought no the, way. they thought the storyline was carrying over from the previous show which is always kind of cool like that yeah. continuity the fans are kind of looking into that which is which i think is pretty neat but it was it was overall it was a, it was a fun show chris black and kyle roberts i had the chance to actually watch them wrestle and i will say that the last a uh, couple of times they have worked. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little, a tad disappointed because I know both guys are very, very good in the ring. Yeah. And uh, I was not disappointed. I mean, this is probably one of, honestly, Jesse, one of the best singles matches I've ever seen in River City Championship Wrestling. That's saying a lot. That's I won't good. say in indie wrestling, but in, in, but in, in that promotion. Yeah. It was a really, cool. really, really good match. And I was really happy to see both of those guys kind of uh, kind of do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the show, I learned some things about history um, <laughs> from from individuals who remain nameless. Yeah, um, yeah, you told me this like off the show, and I'm just like, it blows my mind. Yeah, so we, I'm not going to... But I but I learned some things about uh, that I'm gonna have to read up on to see uh, hmm. you know if there's any sort of validity to what was. Well, said. you know, Nick, uh, I'm gonna tell you this much, Ragnar. Seriously, <laughs> like go down the street, right over here on Main Street. There's a place called the Public Library. There's a whole section called Nonfiction. There's a lot of books there about a lot of things that are really good about dinosaurs, cause dinosaurs are real. He's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> was that? I don't know. I, I think it was supposed to start up as like, like Steve St- Austin. Stone Cold like, Librarian, or what was yeah. that? That's the bottom line, because your book is due in three weeks. <laughs> like, like yeah, sure, you know, like yeah, That's great. Yeah. No, but it was a good. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sometimes the post the post shows are always better than the actual shows. I mean, I had me and Maru did our regular guy gaming podcast. Yeah. And we ended up just sitting downstairs and talking for like. 
five hours. Good guy. Always fun to talk to. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like 2.30, and we are like, holy fuck, we should probably go. Wow, that, your show got over at 7. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it, was, it was a good – it was a fun time, a good show. Really looking forward to seeing how things – um, move from there, and I know as you mentioned, Jesse, this weekend you're going to be heading to Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, going up to Green Bay first time this year for uh, WPW's Collision Course, I believe it is, up in the uh, watering hole there in Green Bay. It was actually a pretty nice venue last time we were there. Um, I know Ryan Brown was there for the Freedom Cup, pretty decent crowd. The first time we were there at the watering hole, a really fun show, really fun show. The crowd was really hot, like everyone brought their area game. It's been a while since I've been up to WPW, so it'd be really kind of nice to catch up with a lot of those guys. I know, I know things have been kind of weird up there a little bit, but you know things are weird everywhere, so it's gonna be kind of fun. It's a long road trip though, yeah. So I'm wondering if I should just like crash in like Wausau, hang out with Ryan Brown the night before, you know, like night after or whatever. Uh, maybe stop to see my mom like on Sunday. You know, nice. like I haven't seen my mom since like Christmas, so yeah. it might be a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be kind of fun. It's gonna be the first road trip of the month. Um, I don't think I'm booked anywhere else this month, so it's like the only one. It's crazy, man. It's it's crazy when you look at stuff like that. And again, WPW doing really good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that being involved in kind of the workers page a little bit there. I mean, man, they're just killing it on social media lately. Yeah. Um, I saw the promo that uh, Joey Avalon actually dropped this morning. Um, maybe it was last night, but yeah. it didn't really matter. Like, him and Brock Hall got a pretty nice little heated thing going yeah. on right now. That's going to be good. Well, it's always cool, too, because when you look at WPW, it's not just about likes or shares or, or you know, whatever, or the amount of content that's posted. What you'll notice is that when they do post content, a lot of their fans are actually engaged. Their, their fans are commenting and you can tell that their fans are really excited for the shows mm-hmm. that are coming up. And I swear to God, it seems like every time they post something, there's always somebody that tags somebody else and goes, hey, we should go to this, right? So it's like they're just building on the audience that they already have. Yep. Um, but in saying that, isn't it, it's, it's, always, it's kind of interesting a little bit when you look back. You know, Maybe if we go back and, and look at uh, or listen to some of our older podcasts, it was like, oh, yeah, I've got this show I'm doing this month and this mm-hmm. show and this show and this show and this show. I don't have it. Instead of being, oh, this is uh, the one time I'm going to be gone this weekend, it'd always be like, well, this is going to be the one day in which I'm not shooting a show this <laughs> this month, right? So yeah. it's, it's not a, it's just a, kind of a weird little thing, I, I think, a little bit. No, man, it's a good thing, actually. You know, like, think about this, Nick. It's like, all right, all right, we're all getting older. We're getting wiser. You know, we're settling down and stuff like that. Like, man, you, you were smart because you never really got too deep. I didn't get too you deep. You never yeah. got too deep. And it was like, you know, if you started getting too deep, you're just like, nah, man. No, man, I'm up to my knees right now. I don't need to be thigh high, you know? Yep. And I'm like, here's me. <laughs> so I'm finally getting into, like, the kitty section. You know? That sounds weird. So I'm in the shallow end of the pool. So I'm in the shallow end of the pool, and it's, like, up to my waist. And I'm like, you know, well, this is not too bad. Yeah. I'm not drowning, man. That, that's yeah. why I think I've always, you know, I've, I've, for the most part, had a really good experience because I've never – and, again, that's not to say that if you are – uh, you know, up to your neck in indie wrestling on the weekends, that it's a bad thing because a lot of people really enjoy that lifestyle. Yeah. A lot of people live for that. But when you have other things going on in your life um, that take precedent over that, you can't yeah. let it get, you know, that you can't, offered that amount of time to it because then all of a sudden you're taking time away from other things that really matter. Yeah, in your it's life. like you really can't let, you know, you can you can always say like you can't let your hobbies dictate your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know you can't let your vices dictate your lifestyle. And it's, sometimes that's what it is. It's like we get so busy yep. with like just regular life and working and the hustle and like you're in the process of like 
planning a wedding, looking to buy a house, get a second dog, you know, maybe grow a beard. I'm in the process of like, oh my God, like I need to maintain my beard. I got to do like all this (laughs) other stuff. I, I don't know. Like I, you know, I'm I'm going on vacation in like a month, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's our first fucking vacation in like nine years. Yeah. It's fucked. You know, so when you're and you're trying yeah. to you're trying to grow the station here, you're building on a relationship that you have right now that seems to be going really well. Yeah. And it's like you can't offer whatever it is, two, four, six, eight day eight days a month yeah. to traveling across the state. Some most of the time, to be honest, you know, I don't exactly know if it is like this, but most of the time probably eating a lot of the cost, not necessarily making dollars on those trips. Well, it's like eating the cost with the the gas and yeah. perhaps to a uh, hot dog. Exactly. And you know, it's 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 the relationships that you have and that you build. Mm-hmm. I enjoy basically every locker room. Yeah. Actually, I do. I enjoy every locker room that I ever get to be a part of whether it's WPW, you know, the very few times I've went over to BCW, I've never worked there, but the time I uh, like a lot of those yeah. guys are also coming back and forth between mm-hmm. RCCW, so I, I like that entire locker room. It's great. Um, ACW, I love when I get to go there. You know, mm-hmm. all these different places I love going, but at the same time, again, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, well, I have with the job and with the fiance's job, you know, we already don't get to spend a lot of time together, so it's nice to do that. If I have an opportunity to hang out with family on weekends, um, you know, putting in 50 hours a week at the job and then also wanting to be able to do things, you know, just just at home, right? Just yeah. being able to tidy up the house. You know, I don't want to go to a wrestling show on Friday, Saturday, come home on Sunday, and my house is a fucking mess, and mm-hmm. I'm stressed out because I got to work the next day, and I have these big meetings, and then I was I didn't have any time to relax because you're either on the road or you're or you're trying to you know write a stupid ass poem that you can present as a promo during the show, and it's just mm-hmm. like. You know, and and that's kind of part of it now. So when I do RCCW, I do that once a month. And sometimes, you know, I'll do the ACW, I'll do the commentary for that. Or, you know, I might make the occasional road trip just to go to a show if it seems like it's in the middle of like a dead spot when I don't have any shows. Um, But I've I've become very, very happy with just doing that, right? With Mm -hmm. not overbooking, with not going to all these shows. And, uh, you know, because I think I got to the point, too, where, you know, when you're younger, you have, like, this drive, this determination. You're like, well, maybe I can work in the AV department for one of the big companies if I stay with the the indies and I kind of learn a little bit more about the craft. uh, Maybe I have an opportunity to work in front of 300 people. And then it's maybe I have the opportunity to work in in front of 500 people. But then you get to a point, as we are kind of right now, where you're like... I don't really give a two shits about that anymore. (laughs) It's not really that big of a deal to me. Yeah, like, the things that... That I still get a kick out of no matter what. It's not the, like the size of the crowd. It's like or when you're running floor cam or something like that, it's like you never really have any shots planned in your head. Right. So you're trying to capture it the best as you can, and sometimes you just fall onto a shot. You're just like, wow, that was a really good shot. You know, um, <laughs> a lot of it's just like trying to recognize where guys are going to go. Um, some of them, you know, like I'm going to say this much. There are some referees out there that have no fucking idea about placement. Yes. They have no fucking clue. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, my God. Okay, so, like, if if two guys are getting locked up and they're working, like, let's say, a, like a chin lock or something like that, and it's one of those things where they're both selling with their faces, where do you want to stand if you're a referee? On the side. Yes, not in fucking front of them. Right. You know, it's like one of those things, you know. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I enjoy the, the, the creative outreach that it is and, like, just being able to flex those muscles on, a, like, a regular basis. But at the same time, though, it's like, man – 
when it eats up your whole weekend after you just worked 50 plus hours during the week, you know, you're already burnt out. It's just like, it gets to you. Well, and here's the other part yeah. too. And we're going to, we are planning on maybe talking about this on, during a later podcast, but uh-huh. the amount of wrestling that's now available to us through streaming with ROH, yes. for example. Um, but now with like new Japan world, now WWE also has how many hours of content a week. Yep. We have all these different podcasts that we want to listen to about mm-hmm. wrestling. It's like, at some point it's like, dude, my entire Monday through Sunday sometimes is just, you know, there's at least a little bit of wrestling in each and every day. Yep. Like whether it's I'm listening to a podcast or I'm trying to catch up on NXT or I wanted to see the, you know, this match from New Japan or maybe I wanted to see what's happening in ROH or maybe it's like something happened on TNA and I want to mm-hmm. see what the fuck they were doing. It's like, man, it's almost so much that it's like I don't need necessarily the outlet on the weekends because it's like, dude, I just spent my entire Monday through Thursday with wrestling. Yes. I don't need any more Friday, Saturday. Even though there's a difference between local, national, or indie, you know, it's just still like mm-hmm. I'm all wrestling. But it's, like, it's still like it's like too much is too much because like right. if you were looking at like – I know this is like something we're like, oh man, it'd be so great. You know, when you're younger, you're like, you can have it all the time, you know. But it ends up being coming like there is such a thing as too much is too too much. Um, like WWE, like they're already producing what like five hours of content on a Monday and Tuesday, yeah. plus an extra hour or two of five live, which is getting a lot better. So you know, they're producing content for different fans and stuff like that. But at the same time, like New Japan's got their streaming service, which is always a, it's always a good 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 watch um all japan's got a streaming service coming out they're slowly starting to crank out stuff impacts getting a little bit better like progress has got a really good streaming service roh is going to launch this new like honor club thing which on paper looks really good yeah. um hopefully you know it kind of works out but it's kind of interesting too you know they got a different type of pay structure we could probably talk about that at another time but you know as it's almost like man like isn't isn't it weird that do you ever do this? I know you got into Netflix, right? Yeah. But sometimes do you find yourself going to the movie rental store? Yeah. Yeah. Because you just you don't want to watch Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So you still go to the movie rental store. Yeah. And I have yeah. I've got Netflix, I've got Hulu, I yep. have HBO Go, um all these different streaming services and I still find myself sometimes okay, well, what, what is that red box? You know, it's like, I can't, yeah. I don't want, you know, it's like, actually yesterday, right? Zara uh-huh. was at work all day. I had just picked up some Chinese. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking good-ass lunch, right? I got some yeah. Chinese takeout. and uh, you get a Chinese chicken? You I, had a drumstick and your brain started sticking? I No, I actually got sweet and sour chicken. Oh. And uh, I was like, man, what can I watch right now? And I'm, I'm going through the Netflix, and I'm like, nope, none of this. Then I go to Hulu. What? I go to Hulu, I'm like, any of this? Nope, none of this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, shit, I don't know what to watch. And then I settled on The Truman Show because I haven't watched The Truman Show in a while, and I think it's a pretty decent movie. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, that's that's where we went. But, uh, yeah, sometimes if, if, when we're talking about wrestling, it's just like it seems like you need to have a reason to buy into some streaming service or whatever because, for example, like with WWE, they have 205 Live, they have NXT, they have – the, the pay-per-views they have all these other different uh, original shows that aren't necessarily based of about in the ring but yeah, it's like I, mean, I don't they have got a, the vault too yeah it's just like yeah. two it's almost like it's that in itself is like wow that's a lot of fucking shit right mm-hmm. it's like how can i keep up with this when i'm trying to keep up with all this other wrestling content it's like on a friday if i'm listening to uh 
the latest ENC podcast with uh, Elias. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want do I want to finish this podcast? Do I want to watch 205 Live with my free time instead yep, and yep. try to catch up on that? It's like, I don't have an option. Then you now you're throwing in all these other monkey wrenches. ROH, here's uh, Progress, here's uh, New Japan. It's like, I don't know. I'm overburdened by this. And, oh, by the way, you're going to get booked uh, across the state for $30. <laughs> uh, too. It's like ah no I'm no ah, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm out I'm done I'm good, I'm yeah. good. yeah I'm I'm good yeah, man yeah. but uh, but yeah that's kind of the that would see we didn't have any of that discussion planned actually no no not at all though like the things we had planned were actually kind of interesting things so one of them was this uh, this like I don't know fake controversy between Booker T and Corey Graves now Nick I. I kind of try to stay away from some of this shit, you know, because, like, oh, my God, it just makes my brain fucking hurt when wrestlers start shooting on wrestlers and stuff like yep. that. Kind of kind of elaborate what it was, what it ended up turning out to be, and why, like, people seem to be interested in this. So, basically, I don't have anything in front of me because, you know, I'd, I'd had looked mm-hmm. into this about a week ago. And it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but I think it's still worth mentioning and worth maybe giving a couple of opinions on. So basically what happened is a lot of you may or may not know, if you do watch WWE, Jonathan Coachman returned as a color commentator. Yeah, right? but this is something that basically been rumored for a while. Right. Here. But uh, so basically we obviously noticed Booker T was gone. And uh, he was on a radio uh, interview a couple of weeks ago that uh, eventually turns into a podcast, so it's not edited by any means because it starts on the radio, it's live. Uh-huh. And he basically said Corey Graves cost him his job. If he sees him in a str- in, in the streets or in an alley, he's going to beat the shit out of him. Stuff like that, right? Like he's yeah. going to beat up this dude that has a history with concussions, you know? And it's like, you, you notice this, if you go on YouTube you know, Corey Graves and Booker T or whatever. There's quite a few occasions in which people make these clips of which Corey Graves says something smart. And you can see Booker T's reaction where he just looks absolutely pissed off. Like he's almost taken aback by it. Um, There's a record of a number of times where Corey Graves has attempted to correct Booker T on something that actually he didn't need a correction on because either Corey Graves heard him wrong or wasn't listening or whatever. And it seemed like sometimes on screen there were moments where you're like, are they actually mad at each other? Or like what's, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. sometimes... I know everybody loves Corey Graves, right? It's yeah. He's like the cool dude to love because he's our indie darling. He has a bunch of tattoos. He has a goofy-ass duck face whenever he's on camera. Everybody <laughs> loves Corey Graves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Personally, I sometimes actually don't because I feel like when he's talking, he's taking away from the match. But regardless, um, Booker T's not there anymore. So then he goes on this podcast, this whatever, says he wants to beat the shit out of him, and everybody's all up in arms like, what the hell's going on between Booker T and yeah. Corey Graves? What's going on? Obviously, something's going on. Why would why would Booker T do this? Why mm-hmm. would he say this? What what What... What is, what is there to gain off of this? Are they, are they going to have a match at WrestleMania? What's the point of having these two guys talk shit about each other? Um, so then basically what happens is, you know, the, the following SmackDown, apparently the New Day poke fun at this interview. They they kind of, like, refer to it in one of their promos. Not the actual interview, but you know how the New Day always does that? Yeah, kind of like culture stuff. So what they kind of do is, like, they, uh, they don't really say something by name. But they kind of incorporate, like, the feel. Yeah, exactly. So then Booker T, again, was on another podcast Mm -hmm. interview where he basically kind of Kind of shoot it off a little bit. Kind of said, you know, oh, you know, we, me and Corey Graves, we get lobster together. Which I don't know what that exactly means. I don't know if it means they actually get lobster together or if it means something else. But probably means that they get lobster. together. I mean, do you get lobster with anyone? I don't actually. So I don't. Do I? I mean, so I don't know if that's what I would say. Yep. Um, but yeah, then he kind of shoot it off, and you know, everybody's like, ah, you all got worked, ah, stupid idiots. The, but then Mm -hmm. it kind of comes back down to. 
well, then what's the point of even saying that anyways? Is it just Booker know. T, like how he was on commentary, where sometimes you were like, why did you have, why did you say that? Like, what, what, what was the end game for that? I mean, and and uh, I, I just think it's kind of funny because then you'll have people that go, well, it got eyes on the product, and it, not really. No, I mean, no, I mean, it got people maybe to look into it as to what was happening, but. At the same time, you know, I'm not. It's not like I'm going to WWE's YouTube channel to check out commentary. I'm going to these other third-party channels to yep. see what, you know. So it's just like, at the end of the day, regardless if it was a work or a shoot, it's still like, what what was the end game? Because if it was a shoot, Booker T is probably looking at losing his job. Yeah. If it was a work, it's like, why bother? Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. What do you think? I you know I totally gotta agree. It's like one of the big things. It's like, man. It's like, man. There's no reason for it. I know, right? You guys are doing commentary on pro wrestling. I can understand, like, sometimes you get really kind of competitive. We've been in situations like that, too, where, like, you might be doing, you know, like, play-by-play, and, like, a guy who's doing color, like, he's he's getting some color, like, yeah. some really good color, and you're just kind of sitting there, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, we've both been there, you know? Like, I, re- I remember sitting there with you when it happened to you, and it's like, oh, my God, it was like, are you kind of shooting at me or not? You know, blah, 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 but it's just... You know, sometimes it's I, – I think guys get overly – when I mean guys, I just mean generally like anyone who's doing commentary. We get kind of competitive with one another. Yeah. And when you have two guys who have been basically – they're both probably alpha males a little bit. So like Booker T, very competitive when it came to his in-ring work, and what he does in the business, stuff like that. Corey Graves as well. Like he's a guy who – he always seemed like he wanted to be better than the next person. Yeah. That, you know, just, just study, 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 get better at commentary. He fits into his groove, you know, so, you know, there, there's also a part of him. He's like, well, shit, I'm on the fucking flagship here. You know, yep. like I got to fucking be on my game all the fucking time. Yep. And if it like that, you know, you get a little part where you're like, you're naturally kind of snarky with your comments as it is with your baby face announcer. Yeah. So like when the other like fucking color commentator says something, you get a little snarky with him, too. Um, it might be one of those things where maybe like having a three man booth is way too fucking much. Yeah. Maybe it just goes straight two man, you know, like but it's one of those things which like, man, you don't really need to be overly competitive in this type of field. And as fans, like, for whatever apparent reason, we just find the backstage stories a little bit more compelling than the on st- you know, on screen stories. Why do you think and this is a different discussion to uh-huh. have on a different day, but why do you think WWE finds it so important to have three commentators instead of two? I don't fucking know. I, I grew up on two. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. why. Why Why is it so important to have three over having two? What is – what is? I mean, I know you're getting different opinions, but I think we've heard it time and time again. If you just have two commentators, they can adequately fill yeah. the time. It's not like there's dead air where you're like, fuck, man, we might as well throw a third person in there to fill that fill that gap. You know, oh, I, and I can never figure out exactly – does it make the shows feel bigger when they have three commentators? Does it make it feel bigger when they have eight, like when they no. do that weird-ass shit sometimes? No, like, I man, I, I think it was, like, too much. All right, so, like – there's got to be something. Oh yeah, man! I don't even know. Uh, the best analogy has got to be like, like love making. You know, like it gets more complicated with more people you have in there, right? Let's, let's just let's just say that. Let's just put it out there. So like, like you know, when it's just you and your partner, it's it's just good. It's fun. It flows naturally and stuff like that. You add a third person in that, and you're like, oh, should I like I got to feed some stuff to this person or whatever? That's true. And the next thing you know, you have like fucking eight people on commentary. You're all trying to like suck each other's dicks, you know? And like, what the fuck? And sometimes yeah. when you're solo. It's fine, but then you might get lost a little bit, and you're like, why oh, am yeah. I doing this? Why? Well, I, why? This on? is kind of boring. You're kind of thinking about why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no boring. shit. Right. It's boring. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. maybe I just want this to end. Yeah. 
That's yeah, that's exactly how it was. That's for me probably last what week. it is. Yeah. It was, a, it was a bad basketball game. It okay. Was, it was a very yeah. bad basketball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You didn't really have that great of a camera it was guy very, either. It was very tough. Uh, but, anyways, yeah. but but yeah, so at the end of the day, I think overall there's not much to be said about this now that Booker T has apparently come out and shot down the idea that he actually would want to fight Corey Graves. But the idea is still what's the point of that then? What's the whole point? I now, think the point is like met. it's it's for you and me to go like so Nick, who in a real fight would actually win? Booker T or Corey Graves? Probably Booker T, I would think. I would say Booker T too. Corey Graves seems like a bitch. He does. He does seem <laughs> kinda like a bitch a little bit. Yeah, he seems like a really I mean, he'd kinda, probably whoop my ass. Yeah, he'd but, probably whoop my ass like, too. You know? Relative to the company he's working for, he kinda seems like a bitch. Yeah, you know, Corey Graves would be like, stay down. And I'd be like, All right, I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm just leaving. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Like, I'm not gonna punch you. I'm not gonna hit you. Oh, why should I hit you? Why would you? I did recently watch on Facebook. They had uh, they do the you know the fun thing where they post the old WWE, um, you know, fucking storylines, and they had the yeah. old Booker T and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that's and good it wasn't stuff. it wasn't a supermarket. It was okay. the church brawl. Oh yeah, not brawl, but like you know, Booker T's like running around the church hiding from Stone Cold. It's like this is so ridiculous. Yeah, like but they don't do that stuff anymore. Which again, okay, and that brings okay. us to our next discussion. All right. Killing the business. Killing the business. Now, here's why we're talking about this today. No, the question is, what part of killing the business is this that we've covered in the last, like, five to six years? What do you mean, what part? It seems like almost... business. Dude, it almost seems like every fucking month there's something new that's killing the business. Well, here's what I wanted to bring up about this. So, there's a couple of different instances. Mm -hmm. And for one example, you know, if you were on any sort of social media over this past week that has anything to do with professional wrestling, you would have seen this little video that somebody posted from 1954, I believe, is the actual year is when it's from. And it's two guys wearing, uh, you know, trunks. Yep. Pro wrestling that are... Kind of honestly doing a sequence that you that you would have seen in like an Osprey Ricochet match, yep. right? In 1950, whatever, kind of the early stages of professional wrestling, and uh, you know that one of the captions was like, "Oh man, look at these look at these uh, young bucks killing the business or whatever," and it's like, "Oh, that's kind of funny because it's from mm -hmm. 1950, whatever." Um, which I think brings up the discussion again, is that kind of wrestling killing the business? Now, also on top of that, we've got WrestleCon coming up. Yeah, it's going to be a huge show. But huge. Whenever. Joey Ryan is booked somewhere. It seems like the controversy of his his what is what is what do you call it? The penis is he called like the it's, penis suplex? Like it's I don't know. Penis, penis plex is or something like that. I don't know. What, I don't know what it, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he calls it. But a lot of people always continually point to that and go, "Well, this guy's killing the business. Oh, he's coming to Oshkosh. He's killing the business. So great. The guy that's killing wrestling is coming to Oshkosh." And it's like, man, man, people are so sour about things like that. Um, but it's like. Is it really killing the business? Is is Booker T hiding out in a confessions booth talking with some woman that apparently committed adultery and he's like, oh yeah, keep telling me, send me that videotape of you cheating on your husband or whatever. It's like, is that killing the business? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, what is and what isn't killing the business? Is there such thing as killing the business? You know, Nick, there was a, uh, the famous uh, TV angle they did in 1974 where, um, Harley Race was the NWA champion at the time, and uh, they did a similar sketch like that where he was in a confessional booth, and the lady was talking about cheating on her husband, and then Harley Race turned into the camera and was like, I know. I was fucking you. No actually, way. No, that was never a real storyline, oh. but you know what? Actually, it would have been pretty fucking hilarious. But um, no, man. Like, okay. So killing the business. All right. If all this shit over all these years didn't kill the business already- for fuck's sakes, just let it go. Yeah. 
There's only been maybe two things that almost killed the business. The steroid fucking scandal and Chris fucking Benoit. Let's just put it out there like yeah. that. Those are the only two things that almost killed the fucking business. Right. Think about it. What the business always is, is getting people talking. Right. Joey Ryan using his dick as a weapon gets people talking. Right. It fits his character. It's the dude is a sleaze ball. And if his dick is that strong where he can flip someone, like that fits his character. Right. It's like for fuck's sakes, yeah. man. I just yeah. I think when you talk about things like that, yep. I think there are so many different things that you can pick apart and analyze if you really wanted you to say something's killing the business. I mean, you could technically point at chain wrestling as killing the business. How about this one? The okay. people's elbow. The people's elbow. 95% of the time, he never even hit the fucker. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and he did. Technically, it's a regular elbow drop, but he puts guys away with it. Yeah. So now he's killing any other elbow drop that's committed throughout a match, right? Jim but, Ross would say, anytime someone gets punched in the face and there's not blood... That's killing the business. Exactly. Yeah, the right? ten punch in the corner is killing the business. Exactly. Yeah. But for some reason, we always point to these days Ricochet and Osprey. Yeah. Uh, fucking the 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 Fatal Four Way match that had was held at New Japan for the the Junior Heavyweight Belt. Um, we look at the um, the penis, the use of the penis as killing the business now. Because mm-hmm. again, I think it's I think people again see this on a mega stage and they go, "Oh, that's killing the business." But again. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm watching chain wrestling and I'm like man if you know if that was if this was amateur wrestling mm-hmm. you know somebody would have like tapped out by now you know that's a fucking headlock that guy's in a headlock he should be suffocating yeah. right but then you, but for example you'll see guys that are in headlocks and they're like joking around ah you get me a noogies dude it's like technically you're trying you are literally yeah. you, that guy's in a headlock you are trying to suffocate him so he passes out but again mm-hmm. it's part of an early match structure where it really doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. so does that killing the business oh but, but like the whole point of a match no matter what is to win right right yeah so even if you got a guy in a headlock in the beginning of the match like maybe you're not giving him a fucking noogie so if you're the type of guy who's giving someone a noogie in a like in a fucking headlock and then you're complaining about people killing the fucking business guess what you're killing the fucking business <laughs> You know, like I think I think unless uh-huh. the bell rings, yep, and it's a complete shoot where you are trying to fight each other, yep, you're probably killing the business. Even if the bell, Depend, depending, okay, so if, if if you're if you're one of those people, that, <laughs> here's what I'm trying to say. I guess okay, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I buried myself a little bit there. If you're if you're if you are a person that says anything is killing the business, I think unless you are having shoot fights every time you go out there, technically there's probably some aspect of your match which somebody can point to and say. Uh, I don't know about that. That's okay. a little that's what a little is far-fetched. The, what is the point of the business? To entertain people. And to make money. And to make money at the end of the day. If you're doing those two things, are you killing business? I wouldn't think so. No? Like, you look at, like, the Young Bucks. Everybody always points to the Young Bucks. They're killing the business. Why? No. Are, why? Why? Dude, dude. Now, that's, now that's something that I find interesting. I, I don't understand that. I really do not understand it's like, that. I feel like most people that say that probably have never watched the Young Bucks match. Yeah. They watch like maybe they're being elite series or something, and they're like, "Oh!" And then they jump on the bandwagon. Oh, wow! I heard this person say they're killing the business. They probably are. Wow! Super kick party. Pfft, what? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If technically, um, if you're in a fight and you're you're, you're going to super kick someone. Well, I'm saying I'm, what I'm trying to say is like technically, if yeah, you're in the yeah. ring and your super kick is more effective than a forearm, why wouldn't you continuously try to throw a super kick? Right? Because yeah. then you, you're trying to throw a move that's more effective. 
than a regular punch or a forearm. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a super kick all day and night if that's the case, right? Yeah. If I'm the fucking rock, I'm trying to hit the rock bottom from the beginning of the match to the end of the match because that's mm-hmm. how it's your finish. That's how you end yeah. a match, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's killing the business, I guess. So. Uh, apparently, apparently, yeah, throwing uh, like you know really shitty forearms, you know. Yeah. Like that, that apparently, you know, like that's not killing a business. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, like legitimately hurting people. Right. That's not killing a business. If there's something, you know? and I don't know, because it seems like for the most part, we're both pretty open about this. Yeah. Is there anything during a match that might happen to which you're kind of like, not like, not like you're jumping on and saying that's killing the business, but is there anything during a match that could happen that you're kind of like, I really don't like that? Okay, okay. All right. You if, got something? If you're going to go based on logic of a fight, right? Yeah. What's the one thing that everyone does in a match that you're like, there's no fucking way I would do that in a fight? Irish whip? Yeah. Is that what you're going to Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. Like, have you, have you ever gotten in a fight with someone <laughs> and you decided to try to throw them off something <laughs> so they would come back to you so you try to clothesline them? No. No. <laughs> I'm going to Irish whip you into a fucking brick wall or some shit? Isn't it, it is kind of hilarious when you think about it because it's like the the idea behind that logic is yeah. the the Irish whip was so strong, the momentum was so great that the person that's getting thrown off like doesn't have control over their yep. running for the next like ten feet. Yep. When typically, mm-hmm. you know, you think that I mean, unless you are thrown that fucking hard, yeah, you could probably just be like, nope, I'm stopping. Yeah. You know, is that and I think that is kind of actually that's funny to think about. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think a lot of other people try to work around that, but. But it is actually kind of funny, you know. You think about it's—it's it's more of like a dance move when you think yeah. about the actual structure of the Irish whip. Oh. Well, yeah, because like you know, that's that's what wrestling kind of is. It's, it's a performance art, right? So uh, when you're doing a performance art, like what you're doing is your expression emotions. So like anything that you're doing to try to elicitate an emotion or a reaction from that fan base, like that's all fair game, right? So like if you want to use your dick as a weapon in a wrestling match, use it. Which is already blatantly homoerotic as it is. It it's is. just the way it is. Yeah. Like, dude, who gives a shit? I think a lot of those people are just like, man, I wish I could use my fucking dick as a weapon. Seriously. That guy's making a lot of money. That dude is making a lot of money with his fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before he did that, uh-huh. he was a pretty big indie name. I think now, again, that's one of the reasons why he's br- being brought in to ACW for WrestleCon because... Man, he became he honestly became somewhat of a household name after doing that because yeah. a lot of people that had never heard of him before now know who he is because of that that one it's little like video. It's like Mick Foley putting a fucking sock on his hand and shoving it down someone's throat. Is that killing the business? Is that killing the business or is that killing like athletic socks? Is Roman Reigns wearing a uh, vest killing the business? And anytime you work over his midsection, he still sells it even though it's a tactical fucking vest. <laughs> he should be able to survive bullet wounds. Yeah. Bullets to the chest. No shit. But a right arm from fucking Miz takes him down. Or when they throw Braun Strowman in a fucking trash compactor and he comes back the following fucking week on Raw. Like, is that killing the business? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Is, no, no, really. is Kane dragging people to hell when he's 50 years old and obviously eats too many donuts killing the business? Mm, no. Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it okay for us to consider that under every professional wrestling ring is a portal to hell? Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, it totally makes sense. You know? <laughs> like, you've been underneath a wrestling ring, right? It, actually, it's probably I mean, it's, it's probably worse. It actually. is worse than hell. Yeah, it's bad. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's not It is worse thing. than hell. You know what, Jesse? How about we take our first break, and uh, when we come back, I think you're going to talk about New Beginnings a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Sweet.
Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out oh hello do you like talking about life and the fun you have with your friends and games you play with each other and memories you've had over the course of time (sighs) nothing's better than family folks and here at the ross family podcast we really love having fun myself jack spade victor ross scott williams a turtle Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, who the hell are you, Isaac? Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. And welcome back to the flagship uh, Jesse, you had a chance to uh, check in with New Beginnings a little bit, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, kind of you know one of their their bigger shows, uh, bigger periods of of shows over the the beginning of the new year as we kind of work our way into the road to WrestleMania season, and uh, yeah, big things happening on New Japan's front and uh, allowing Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes to work for ROH uh, on WrestleMania weekend. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes, but. Uh, you mentioned this. They, the, the Bullet Club had no presence at New Beginnings. Yeah, so like the, the way they did New Beginning this year was they actually split it up over three shows. So basically, New Beginning is always kind of more of like a like a tour tour right. name, you know, instead yep. of just an event name. Yep. So they had the two shows in Sapporo. We got the big blow off there with the Bullet Club thing. We got the reunion of the Golden Lovers there yep. between, you know, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. Really good story there. So we're going into New Beginning Osaka here, and it's very much Chaos versus Lij. That's the whole basis of the show. 10,000 fans came just to see these guys like do battle. And it was kind of cool, too, because it was like the first time in a very long time where you had five singles matches with all the guys from those respective cool. units. So that was really cool. Um, one of the things that you did see as well was the continual evolution of Jay White. Now, I remember us sitting right here during you know our post-Wrestle Kingdom episode, and we're just like, I don't know, he came off really flat. Like... He's not flat. He's, he's gotten it figured out. He's figuring out his character. Now he's, what he's figuring out is his in-ring work. His character basically is, as like Joe and fucking Rich said on Voices Wrestling, he is the straw that stirs the drink right now. He is the personification of chaos. I mean, basically what he did with Omega and with the Bola Club. Now he seems like he's kind of almost doing that with chaos as well because we've we've kind of seen like even like Yoshihashi who is the most aggressive guy. Yep. He got really fucking aggressive with fucking Naito there. Yep. And they had a really good match there, too, at New Beginning. If you get a chance, catch that one. Um, even see, like, Will Ospreay is getting a little bit more aggressive as well. Yep. So you're seeing a lot of different things, you know, with Chaos and LIJ. So it's been pretty interesting. Um, I think one of the cool things that you could probably take away from that whole show was just how good that junior heavyweight title match was. If you get a chance, Nick, go watch it. Um, Osprey and Takahashi, man. Like, of course they went out there and fucking killed each other. Like, Takahashi is the craziest fucking bastard in pro wrestling yeah, today. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he like, puts his uh, body on the there, line. There's a, there's a sequence where Osprey is going to go for um, 
Takahashi's time bomb. And Takahashi turns it into that fucking flipping pile driver gimmick he does. Yep. And you're just like, ugh. And there's a spot where fucking Hiromu got you know, like stuck after taking that fucking um, corner super kick. You know, when wanted to tuck their head into the yes. corner. And, like, and then fucking Osprey like, hops all the way up. Catches him in fucking reverse Rana. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. How the fuck did you jump that high? But it was a really good match. Uh, of course, Okada took on Sonata. Sonata challenging Okada. You know, Okada, going into this matchup, 600 days. That's crazy. As IWGP heavyweight champion. It is an absolutely bonkers fucking record. This guy is, like, on fire like no other guy. It's not had a really good showing, look good in defeat. Um, I'm not really too sure where we're going to go next with Okada's challenger, but we got a lot of time between here and now and exactly where they're going to go. How did New Japan do with kind of the early stages of the match? Did you actually at any point, like, and I'm talking about, like, during the entrances, the first maybe couple minutes, did Sonata actually feel like a challenger for the heavyweight title? Because I know really over the past couple of uh, weeks since we found mm-hmm. out about this matchup, it kind of felt like this is just kind of a filler match. Well, did, did it feel like a big-time match when, when at least when Sonata was coming out and Okada was coming out? Like, Did it actually feel like you were getting a heavyweight championship out? I think the fans believed it. That's the big thing. If, if the fans can really kind of buy in this is a big-time bout, then yeah. Because... Sonata's always been pegged as the guy who could be a next big star. So I, I think currently right now he has an 0-3 record against Okada. So he's very much trying to prove himself in this situation that like he can really step up to the plate and be a guy who can contend. Um, like the New Japan always does a really good job with their video packs. Like a really good job. And one of the things, too, that you notice with their video packs is it's very visual heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like how they, how they shoot certain things. So one of the things they really kind of did that was different with Sonata's presentation in the video pack was they showed him, like, wearing a suit, his hair down, mm-hmm. you know, like, looking like a champion. Right. So, like, as as a visual, you're like, oh, this guy could definitely be a champion. He looks like a champion. He's got, like, the athletic pedigree to be a champion, but yeah. can he put it together? Right. That's one of the big things. Plus, what they did, though, was, like, Gato had a match earlier in the night against Bushi, and it was to the point where Gato didn't come out with Okada. Yeah. So Okada's going into the title match first time in a long time with about his second. So you're wondering, you know, is this going to be the time? Plus, like, it's it's always the thing, too, with, like, with streaks when it came to, like, the Warriors or Punk or Taker. It's like, how long could these streaks go? Right now, Okada's currently in one of those streaks, too. And it's like, is he going to have a hiccup on that streak? Yeah, you never know. I mean, with a guy like Sonata, maybe mm-hmm. New Japan again. I don't know that they – I think that they're probably working towards something big. But at the same time, you never know, like – you wanna you wanna strap a rocket to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Have him go over Okada when everybody's pegging Okada to go over. Yeah, you know I mean, and then you you end the streak there, and that's kind of what I thought going into it. I was like, well, you know, this is this seems like a pretty easy outcome to predict. But I guess sometimes you don't know with New Japan. Sometimes they might just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's give you know, let's give Sonata the belt quick. We'll take it off him in a couple of months, but let's just shake things up. Let's get people talking. Let's keep people buzzing. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is kind of interesting, and again, this isn't about new beginnings, and I know we're running uh, we're running out of time here, but something that I thought was interesting in, in listening to my podcast is that for a lot of different wrestling fans, there's such an emphasis put on the, not the storyline, but the, the wrestler's ability to cut promos and do things backstage. And 
I think it actually had something to do with Kenny Omega because I think mm-hmm. people were arguing the idea of him possibly going to WWE in 2019 because we know he's going to be in New Japan all of 2018. But it's like, well, he needs to go to WWE because he needs to prove that he can do it on the big stage, have weekly television segments, be able to do this, be able to do that. And I'm like, <clears throat> and I'm sitting there going, why is that necessary to prove yourself as one of the best competitors in the world? Why is it necessary to be on Raw, be on SmackDown every week, and, and be forced to fill time and cut promos and things like that in order to be considered one of the best in the world? You know, for me personally, I I subscribe to both uh, WWE New Japan. I, I try to keep up with ROH. I try to watch any sort of global force stuff that happens or TNA or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves, <laughs> Impact now, um, whenever yeah. big things happen. But for me, you know, I am able to view guys like Roman Reigns and guys like Okada on the same level, even though they're two totally separate products. Yeah. Because to me, it's not necessarily about being able to go cut a 15-minute promo and, and entice the fans. I think that adds definitely to a character. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, I think you're you're able to kind of see that, I mean, that's not a possibility for Okada because I don't, I don't speak Japanese. But I can still consider him to be the best in the world. I just think it's an interesting conversation to have because yeah. now we're talking about guys like Okada and how he's had this long streak, right? And they're riding him out. They're letting him continue it. And we're guys that are looking on, and we, we don't see Okada cutting these promos because we don't no. know what he's saying. But I would I think going on a limb here, we'd probably consider Okada to be having one of the greatest professional wrestling runs in a long time. Yeah. To a lot of other people, though, they can't consider this a good run because he's not cutting promos in English, right? <laughs> so, so again, so when yeah. you look at that and you hear people that say that, how can you consider them to be the best if they're not working for WWE? They're, they're two different products, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard, it is hard to compare those two, right? Yeah. It's totally hard. It would be kind of like, man, like a good analogy would be different genres in movies. You know, like certain things work for certain audiences no matter what. It doesn't necessarily like, you know, mean that one style is better than the other. You know, it's like you can look at the track record of like Marvel Studios and like the run they're on in comparison to like the run movie like, Warner Brothers is on with DC. But the thing is, though, it's like the structure to give that the the opportunity isn't really there for DC Studios. Yeah. You know, so you can't really you can't really compare it. You know, you can't really compare like New Japan, which works a different a different uh what would be the correct term? Like a touring schedule. They don't do weekly TV. So you can't compare New Japan on that type of thing with WWE where there has to be weekly TV because of the nature of the product. So if if we – and I'm just going to use Kenny Omega because he's the easiest to kind of yep. – to, to bridge the gap because he does speak English, because he is so enticing, because a lot of people – He's probably the most be. talked about wrestler right. on the planet. So if he were to go to WWE, uh-huh. right – and he his run were to fall flat, right? Because right mm-hmm. now I think it's pretty easy to say a lot of people would consider him to be top three, top five in the world. If he were to go to WWE, fall flat, right? His promos aren't working out well. Mm-hmm. His style's changed so much because it's a different product. I mean, do you think that really hurts his quote-unquote legacy as a great wrestler if he, if he goes into a different sort of platform and is unable to compete at that level? I mean, does that, you know... It, because I think we saw this, too, with yeah, like yeah, AJ yeah. Styles. AJ Styles went over there, and he'd been in TNA cutting promos for a long time. But I do think that Some there people times... were like, can AJ Styles cut a promo without sounding Southern? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah And I do yeah. think there are some times where he cuts one, and you're like, man, he totally just like read that off a note card. Like, he mm-hmm. do- like that was given to him. He read it, whatever. But now we look at AJ Styles, and we say he's, he's one of the best. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I listen to so many of these fucking stupid-ass podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And time and time again, guys are like, oh... Nakamura, 
can't cut a pro I, I can't buy this guy. He can't cut a 15-minute promo. How can I actually enjoy what he's doing? Oh, he, can't, he can't be a complete package because he can't cut a 15-minute promo. Dude, a 15-minute promo is just there to fill fucking TV. That's it all it is. Yeah, it is. For fuck's sakes, you know? Like, they never cut 15-minute promos back in the day. Yep. Promos were 30 fucking seconds. Yeah. They were supposed to help people go to towns. Yeah. They're like, hey, listen, brother, I'm going to be down in Jacksonville here on this Friday, the 23rd. I'll be taking on Petey Williams. I'm going to pound his ass with my dick. Yeah. Because I'm Joey Ryan. Oh doesn't God. fucking matter. Like, if if your big thing is like, oh, man, he can't recite lines. Who gives a fucking well, shit? Well, this is the other thing. Like, people yeah. are bitching about the, the run that Braun Strowman's had. Oh, he can't. I got to see something else from this guy. He can't be tossing around cars and, and doing this shit forever. And it's like, that's his gimmick. Yeah. Yes, he can. He's a he's a seven foot freak that picks up ambulances. We need to go back into the time machine, Nick, to when the Undertaker debuted for the WWE, and we gotta listen to those fucking shitty ass podcasts. Dude, here's the other thing. Yep. <clears throat> On a recent podcast I was listening to, people uh -huh. were bitching about the New Day. They were like, "Oh, ugh, they don't take anything serious." You know, it'd be nice if every once in a while they took. I was like, "That's their gimmick. They yep. don't take shit serious because they're the fucking New Day." They. Eat the pancakes. They eat cereal. They're a bunch of goofballs. There's a reason. The power of positivity. There's a reason yeah. why. Because you have all these other tag teams that are there to 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 kind of mesh well with them. Because what the New Day's gimmick is is there. Yeah. And here's the other thing that pisses me off too. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah okay. Because yeah. I'm I'm starting to actually exactly remember what makes me mad. Okay. Is it, well, was, that's great. Nick. Is it was yeah. them this these people calling out like the New Day for example and saying, oh, you know. I want to see him go out there, and I want to see him, like, take something serious for once. I want to see them do this for once. I want to see him, you know, have some sort of fire for once. And it's like, okay, well, aside from them obviously putting together the best tag team matches in WWE currently, whenever they're in a tag match, they fucking kill it. Yeah. It's like you have all these other teams that are doing the exact same thing. Again, what comes down to this podcast, we were talking about it before with Killing mm -hmm. the Business. We're talking about it a little bit now, getting a little off topic from what we were originally supposed to be talking about. But again... And I hate to always say this because we talk about it every podcast, but people just continue to bitch about things to bitch about things sometimes, yeah. you know? It's like, man, what do, you, what do you want? You just want everybody to be the same, but then when everybody's the same, you say, I want everybody to be different. It's yeah. like, dude, pick a lane. <laughs> no fucking shit. And I just wanted to mention that because I remember listening yeah, yeah. to it at my house. I was cleaning, yeah. and I had my headphones in, and I, and I get visibly upset. I'm like alone in my house, mm -hmm. and I start talking. I'm like, this motherfucker. Yeah. These fucking these fucking assholes, <laughs> and maybe that's the point of it, or maybe it's because they also don't know what they're talking about. Well, they don't do the research. It's, it's gotta be it's gotta be the same as like fucking like sports talk radio. You need to talk just to fucking talk sometimes, right? And like I, I think people are trying to be provocative when it comes to like they're fucking. We here's the crazy thing. You're like, oh, the new day doesn't show fire, motherfucker. Have you seen their baby face fire? They have fucking fire. <laughs> they have fucking fire. I don't know what kind of show you're fucking watching. These other podcasts. You should shoot me the links to these other oh, fucking sure. shows. Whether what the fuck's names? I'll tell you later. Yeah. Why well, you can just tell me on the air right now? No, I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. So, but anyhow, it's just like, for fuck's sakes, man. For fuck's sakes. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't know, man. Yeah, and then that's the other thing too is that people continually say, you know, oh well, you can wrestle all you want, but you need to be able to put together the full package in order to be considered a superstar and it's like i i disagree with that because for the longest time we've seen roman reigns get promo time and we've seen him do this and do that and he just couldn't seem to to win over the majority of the audience and then what do you know he goes on this intercontinental title run where he's given 25 30 minute matches and he's fucking murdering it with these guys like he's killing it out there mm -hmm. and then what do you know he starts winning over more crowds. It's like, at the end of the day, to me, you can cut as many promos as you want, and yeah, it's great. But no offense, 
Kevin Owens' Universal Title run was absolute shit. It was. And he was cutting great promos, mm -hmm. and people would consider him to be good in the ring. But I think at the end of the day, if you can show that you are good at being a pro wrestler, you don't need to necessarily be able to to drop pipe bombs and and cultivate you know uh, you know grab an audience's attention with a microphone. We've seen it with AJ Styles. He doesn't cut great promos. But he's widely considered to be the best wrestler in the company and the, the guy that you want to see main event shows because he's so good in the ring. So I think when you have that discussion, when you have people that are like, oh, you, the full package, you need to be great at promos. It's like, yeah, it'll get you it, it'll get you some recognition. You'll be known as a guy that, that can talk on the mic. But at the end of the day, to be a superstar, to be the best wrestler, to be considered the top of a company, you simply need to be good in between the ropes. Yeah, you got you to you do your job. Yeah. You gotta do your yeah, fucking yeah. job. That's just the way it kind of goes. Hey, Nick, you know we're kind of running out of time here. We need to get to our shoot jobs. Yes. Because you know, come on, it's Monday. Yeah, it is Monday. Yeah, it we gotta Monday. get doing to that. You're drinking the coffees. I decided to go. With I'm the already energy. done. I decided to go with the energy drink here on. I was it with no sugar. It's uh, it's fine. It's all right. It's not bad. I just had a lot of coffee this weekend, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a day break from coffee. I'll jump back on the bandwagon. Man, that's off. that's a lot of fucking monster energy. Zero Ultra. What the fuck is Zero Ultra? I don't know. I, I drink it because I don't mind the taste, and I notice that it has zero sugar. Mm -hmm. um, it probably has a lot of artificial sweeteners in there, and it also has a lot of chemicals that'll probably kill me. But um, um, I just couldn't get coffee this morning. I was like, I'm not. I'm done with the beans. I'm I, done I don't, with the, I don't beans. Want the beans. Yeah, I already have a tummy ache. I don't want it to get worse. So yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, yeah, big things planned for this week should be real exciting uh, as we move our way into the road to WrestleMania. Where are they going to go with things? Who knows? I think Dolph Ziggler returns on SmackDown, so we'll see what the fuck his agenda was for leaving in a little bit, and we'll have more <sighs> stuff to I, discuss next he week. He could have just fucking left. I didn't. I didn't miss him. Yeah, he should have. Honestly, fuck. he should go to. He should do indies or something. He should try to go figure he, himself he out. Should just Fucking cut his hair, get a real day job. He should, yeah. He could be a car salesman. Hey, Matt, oh, he could oversell those cars. Yeah, like an, a yoga instructor, he could oversell yoga. Oh man, what if? Ah, oh, my back. He could, uh, yeah. Guess what? Now I can stretch and I feel great. He could oversell yogurt. He could oversell yogurt. Yeah, yogurt. How about gogurt? Uh, maybe gogurt. That's some great. What about yogurt. froyo? I don't know about that. That doesn't seem like a froyo guy. You know, he could oversell like the uh, the insurance, you know, Geico type of thing. That'd be good. Yeah, I could see that. You know. He could be a cheerleader. He was at oh, one yeah. point. Yeah, you know, he was, yeah, he was. He could do a lot of things. He could oversell, like, uh, you know, political policies. He could. Foreign and domestic. Yeah. He could be a uh, he could be a human ragdoll. So, you know, in, like, scenes in movies where they have to, like, use a ragdoll, mm -hmm. because, you know, instead of, like, a uh, – instead of a stunt person, mm -hmm. they could just use him. Yeah. He could, he could be the ra actual ragdoll. Yeah. So it becomes a little bit more realistic than just using an actual ragdoll. Yeah. Oh, something to think about. Mm -hmm. True, true, true. He listens. All right, cool. Well, he thank you all does. for joining us on this week's edition of uh, the Grapple Talk flagship. Make sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, at The Grapple Talk. We've got a lot of other great shows that are happening right now, including the, fa the Fast Family. The Ross Family Matters <laughs> podcast. Uh, RGG, Riles Beniles with his uh, Riley Factor and Deach and Dash. Um, a little irregular schedule for those two shows, but uh, again, when they drop, they're always great. So make sure to mm -hmm. subscribe to our podcast on Podbean, like us on iTunes, or maybe whatever you have to do on iTunes. I don't know what it is. Subscribe on iTunes, I guess. I think it's subscribe. Yeah, you can't just like. Yeah, and uh, you know, join us for our future episodes because we love having you. We love talking uh, stupid shit, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you enjoy listening to two dudes that uh, talk 
dumbass shit that probably I, I, half the time we, I leave here and I'm like I don't remember what we talked about. I'm so yeah, tired I, you know, like sometimes I'm I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for my phone to go like you've been traded <laughs> to a different podcast. Like you know, like <laughs> I, I'm just always wondering if that's going to happen. You know? I don't know if that's going to happen, but no, uh, probably not. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll catch you guys next week, and as always, stay classy, everyone.